0: Hello and welcome to episode 115 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I show service-based businesses how to define and grow their business through their brand. Today, I am joined by Susanna Ray, business coach for introverts and founder of the Introvert Way Roadmap. Thank you so much for joining me today, Susanna. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And today, listeners, Susanna and I are talking about being an introvert in business. Now, I found a statistic that said it's estimated that introverts make up 25 to 40% of the population. And I consider myself an introvert. So I'm really, really keen to just dive straight into this conversation with you, Susanna, and really kind of explore this way that we work within business. So, making sure that everyone is on the same page, diving into the conversation right from the start. Could you please just talk about what we mean when we say introvert?
1: Absolutely. It's so important to define it up front because, unfortunately, there's many a printed dictionary out there who still defines introversion incorrectly. So one of the big things I always start with is if you're introverted, that does not mean you are shy. It does not mean that you are socially awkward. What it does mean is when you're introverted, and to go just quickly back to the data, the stats that you just shared, is introversion is on a spectrum with extroversion. And this was defined really initially by Carl Jung back in the 1920s. And then really taken on board with the Myers-Briggs partnership when they created the Type Indicator. And what they were looking at in terms of introversion and extroversion is how you gain or spend your energies. So when you're introverted in nature, you gain your energy far more when you are on your own, when it's quiet. If you're extroverted, you gain your energy when you are around other people. So if you think about it, a bit like a rechargeable battery. If you're introverted, and again, remember, this isn't a black and white thing. We do have a sliding scale of spectrum. So dependent on what you've done, your activities in the week, you might be feeling differently. But when you're introverted and you're invited to, we're talking business here. So say you're invited to a conference. And if you're introverted like me, what you are likely to do without realizing it or not is one, make sure you have quite a time before because you're gaining your energies. You're like filling up your battery tank before you get to that conference so you can be fully there and fully with it. Because, again, you're not necessarily shy. You could be shy, but I've met lots of extroverts who are shy as well. But what you want to do is you want to go there and be fully present and have your sort of full banks of energy. But then what you'll find happen is quite quickly dependent on the style of the event. If it's very noisy with thumping music, lots of people, big conversations all happening around you is your battery will drain a lot faster then, if you're extroverted, when that thumping music will get you going, you'll want to be dancing again. As an introvert, you can love dancing, but you might not want it at the start of a conference. There's different styles to these things, and I can always tell when I'm attending a conference run by an extrovert because they put on like dance house music first thing in the morning because they're like, "Yeah, let's going." people more introverted in nature, you still have some music, I love using music in my virtual events actually, but it'll be a bit more chilled, laid back, you know, just starting to trigger, you know, saying come pay attention, but not in a draining way, because different music does different things for us as well, so think of it as that rechargeable battery, and then after the conference. An extrovert will be like, yeah, let's go to the party. Let's like go on to the bar. Oh, we need to keep going because they are so hyped up. Yeah. The introvert is going to go, I'm off to my hotel room. I just need to lie down for an hour before dinner. You haven't even got to dinner. You want to pull back in. And so, if any of this you're listening, going, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. For me, that's the easiest way to think. Am I more introverted
0: or am I more extroverted?
1: Hopefully, that was clear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that because I, growing up, like you were saying, the definitions of introvert and extrovert were slightly different. And it was very much dictated as if you are shy, you are an introvert. And if you are outgoing, then you are an extrovert. But actually, it always is a blend because, and I'll talk from my personal experience because I obviously can't talk for others. But from my experience, I had a friend who was very extroverted and I had tendencies to have extroverted behavior because it was, you know, you you kind of riff off the people that are around you. But I always felt like I wanted to withdraw afterwards. And I always saw that as me being shy, not being outgoing not being easygoing, as some people would say, and things like that. And it often made me question it because I felt incredibly shy. But in certain situations, I felt very comfortable with being full of energy. And then understanding that it's not about how we necessarily demonstrate our energy, but it's about how we recharge our energy. That was Um, quite pinnacle for me because I never used to want to speak to anyone. I felt very socially awkward. Going networking was horrendous at first, whereas now I run this podcast. I love to talk, but I also know I need a good at least 20 minutes afterwards where I literally do not see anyone and I don't speak to anyone. And if it's been a really, really big day and something that's taken a lot of energy from me, then I need a lot more time and focus time as well to really recharge, to be able to feel not quite as mentally exhausted.
1: Yeah. Do you find when you leave an event, you get, well, well, this is what I feel. So I'm interested here to hear whether you do. I will leave an event and I hear and sort of feel a fuzziness in my brain. And I call this the introvert hangover. And it is real that it's very much that you sort of leave and you're just feeling like your head is throbbing and you're just like, I just need to process everything because during the event, all these neurons have been firing off in your head, in like, oh, I could do this, or I could do that, and you, ideas have been coming so fast and furious that at the end, as you say, you just like. Whew. And I mean, it's one of the reasons that whenever I've attended networking events, I have to block out the whole day, even if it's only an hour or two, because after.
0: I need that like decompression time is what I like to call it yeah absolutely that fuzziness that you've explained it's really interesting because I've never spoken to anyone else about it but that's exactly what it is it's almost like my brain is beginning to get the edges of interference and it's not that I can't think properly but it's almost like it is just like mental overwhelm. It just feels like there's so much noise that's been internalized almost. And it's almost on the verge of a headache. And if I've had a really, really, if I haven't been hydrated as well as expending a lot of energy... I do find that I am wiped out for a lot longer. So it's interesting that I know my triggers now, but I still try and push through them. And when I do try and push through them, so if I was doing a networking event followed up by two or three one-to-ones, one-to-one meetings straight afterwards, I do find it exhausting. But equally, sometimes it's better to combine that all into one rather than having that feeling over multiple times during the week. Does that make sense? Yeah, (laughs) Look at your day after, is a down day and that's
1: what i also look at is say if you've got a busy day make sure the next day is a down day and that doesn't mean doing nothing it's just doing your inner your admin work because with a business we've obviously all got two sides and if you you are your business if you are a sole business owner you are also your salesperson your marketing person and it's important you are outward At times, but it's all about the balance. So I love the fact that you say, actually, no, if I put it all together, and in fact, in my working week, I make sure my outward days are actually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I have inward days Monday and Friday because I like to prep for the week, make sure I've got the focus, I'm doing those inner jobs at the start, and then at the end, it's again the sort of decompression, but also having a balance of what you can choose and do. You don't want to have your whole week sort of ramful, particularly if you're introverted. If you're an extrovert and listening, you're probably going, no, I love having like 10 calls a day because that gears me up and gets me moving and I've got a purpose. So it's also how you feel, you know, accountable. I hear some people are very much, they need the external accountability from others to make them do things. Whereas when you're an introvert in business, sometimes that's more internal accountability and just making a note on your own calendar going, I'm going to get this done by this point, but you don't have to share it with the world. You just quietly get on and do it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting as well because something that I had a misconception about until fairly recently was that it was just calls and other people that I find that I need time to recharge after. But actually what I've learned is also with content creation, I also need time to recharge afterwards because although it is usually me by myself doing my emails, writing my content, creating my social media posts, it's almost like I still have that edge of this is for someone else and this is still quite a high energy task because I need to put good extroverted embraced energy into the content that I'm creating. And I find that that can be quite, quite draining as well from like an energy perspective. So I've also learned that Tuesdays, I try and put all of my networking and my meetings in. Thursdays, I tend to do a lot of my content creation. And then Wednesdays, I try and keep clear for client work, for admin, like you were saying, because I find my client work very calming a lot of the time if it's doing design work or if it's doing um, like podcasting work and things like that it's really calming to have that strategic side and then Thursdays go back in and kind of riff off the last two days so if I've had some really interesting conversations because I love having conversations it gives it time to percolate so I can feel how I feel about those conversations and then the same if I've been doing strategic work It always makes me question what I'm doing. So then on Thursday, when I've got another big energy day, I know that I can channel everything that I've learned from the last two and really kind of capitalize on that energy level.
1: Yeah, this reminds me that I made a post, well, it was a post come poll on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, and I was talking about the ebb and flow in your business Because definitely when you're introverted, I think I think everyone, no matter your personality, does have a natural ebb and flow. Yeah. But what I've learned with time and longer being in business as well is when you're more introverted in nature, it's more important to use tools like time blocking that we've both shared Mm -hmm. to actually create that natural ebb and flow in your week. So to like listen to your body and think what works for me, because ultimately at the end of the day, we've got our own business because we want to do things our way. I hated the nine to five. And I remember when I first started working, it was and my first job, I was textile designer, my backgrounds also design. (laughs) So it's and I remember going in and going, Oh, my gosh, I'd come out of like art school and going. I've got to be creative at nine o'clock in the morning. Like, how is that going to happen? (laughs) And, you know, you get into a flow and then you learn and there's other things to do. But it's about listening to what works for you and whether it's on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or even an annual basis, because I've also noticed I've got this ebb and flow over the whole year. Spring and autumn are super productive times for me and they're very much a flow period. And whereas it's always a natural ebb in the summer and in the deep winter, and this is reflected in terms of when I serve my main group programs and when I'm putting things out there, because I've noticed that with a lot of people as well, it's like, yes, this works. And you want to be in line with those sort of natural energies that are flowing around Because if someone's feeling, you know, dark and miserable and winter nights and feeling, oh, you know, I've got no energy because the sun's gone down and it's four o'clock, you're not wanting to do something that's high octane at that point.
0: (laughs) It's really interesting because I work best at the most inconvenient time. So my thriving time of the day is usually between about four in the afternoon and like eight nine o'clock at night which is not the most sociable when you have like other people around and family and everything else but winter nights amazing for me because I'm like oh my four o'clock is all of a sudden at like two o'clock and I can get my work done between like two and seven instead of between like four and nine
1: yeah so you really reflect like the day the
0: light and dark Basically. Yeah, it's really interesting. But I know others who are just like, no. As soon as it gets dark, I just I can't work. It just doesn't work for me. And it is interesting that being an introvert is only one part of these different patterns that we have throughout our world. Because the more that I talk to different business owners, this podcast has been absolutely incredible for opening my eyes to all the different impacts and approaches that we have. Because I feel like these are the kind of conversations that we don't tend to have out loud too often, but we have in very frequently. And it's also hard to be objective and look at a longer period of time objectively when we're in whatever emotional state that we're in at the time. So for me, understanding that I need to recharge after having high energy days doesn't mean that I can't have those high energy days. I just need to be mindful of balancing my energy afterwards, exactly like you were saying. But I also agree with your ebb and flow throughout months and years and weeks. And I interviewed Louise Ryder earlier this year to talk about flowing with your cycle. So with your uh, menstrual cycle, that has been eye-opening for me as well so making sure that throughout the month I am optimizing how I'm spending my time and then talking with my friends and it's just societal cycles as well so what's going on in the world at the moment are there big political things happening are there a big environmental changes going on the clocks changing anything like that all of this it feels like so much but I think it's more a case of being aware of it and giving yourself the flexibility to be able to plan is kind of the best way i found of approaching it like try and preempt it but don't beat yourself up if you don't
1: <laughs> yeah and this is why I love time blocking as a tool because it's making that space to do certain tasks that you know you need to get done in your business maybe they're not things you love to do in your business but okay you need to get them done but knowing you've got that sort of basically in your week then gives the opportunity but if something comes up and someone says hey can you join me live and do this you've also got some flexible time in there and for me it was one of my main missions I guess in terms of when I sort of move towards supporting introverts more because quite often I get asked that it's like well why and one I think it's as well as you mentioned, when you're younger and you're introverted, you have more natural high energy anyway. So you can push past things and you can still go out. I was partying with the best of them at university. You know, I'd be getting in at 3, 4 in the morning. I'd be knackered the next day and not being able to do a thing. But it didn't stop me from doing anything. But as you get older, and I'm creeping up very close to 50 now is you realise because those natural energies are diminishing and when you're in business and you're running your own business, it gets more important to really think about how you want to be because you don't want to be burnt out and overwhelmed. And you see a lot of people actually leaving the corporate world because they've been pushed over the top and they feel burnt out and they have no joy and they're thinking, well, can I do this for myself? And the answer is yes you can so long as you're prepared to take on the multiple hats that you have to wear as a sole business owner. The biggest struggle I see people leaving corporate and saying I'm going to start my own business is basically they don't realize how much you need to do because they've just been doing one role as part of a bigger machine and that's why I focus on introverts in business because to make sure you don't get burnt out and actually live to the dreams of running your own business is you need to take all this into account. And whether that means outsourcing various elements, maybe before you even feel ready to, because you just need to give yourself that space and permission as well to like relax if you're not feeling up to something. Give yourself a permission
0: slip and go, no,
1: I'm going for a walk instead. I'm not going to stare at the computer.
0: Yeah, permission Permission is a concept within business that I had never explored or really had any understanding of when I was in the corporate world. It was never something that came up because at the end of the day, you were there to do a job, you went in, you did your job to varying levels of of quality depending on the day and then you'd wrap up and then you'd go home and overall it would balance out that you were doing a really good job because that's why you were there if you weren't then you would get that support to help you with it but generally my experience was I'd show up overall I would do a really good job I was good at what I did and then I'd go home and just kind of complain about it whether it was good or bad I guess (laughs) it had its good moments don't get me wrong but There was a lot of struggles when I was in the corporate world. And then when this concept of giving yourself permission kind of came in as a business owner, it it felt very alien because it was kind of, if you don't feel like doing something, you don't have to do something. But my caveat to that would be understanding that you still need to do the thing at some point. So it's not a case of giving yourself permission to not do a thing. It's a case of giving yourself the permission to not do that thing at that time. (laughs) Exactly.
1: I was going to say there is a caveat. Yeah. (laughs) And if you know, it's something you never like to do, then you've got to say, okay, I need to put a budget towards asking someone else to do that for me. And that's really important. But I do say that when you're starting a business, It's really important to get a good overview of all those different elements before you outsource because otherwise you're not going to know if that person you're outsourcing to is actually doing a good job. You kind of, like some people say, oh, can't I just hand it off? Like social media is one of those core things. And I'm like, well, you are your business. It's got to be your voice. So the point when you can hand off into something like social media is when you've got a nice bank of content which really reflects your voice, your points of view. So then a social media manager can see what you've been trying to do and then amplify it for you. But they're not going to be good at creating your voice. You are your voice.
0: Yeah, it's challenging. I think outsourcing is a whole other conversation that seems to grow and develop as I go through my businesses. I'm sure it does for anyone. And for me, I've realised that as much fun as it would be or as beneficial as I can see it being to outsource whole bunch of tasks that i currently do actually what i need to do is outsource or work with someone to get the processes and systems in place first so that when i do outsource i'm setting us both up for success both myself and the person that i'm outsourcing to
1: yeah absolutely and on that my recommendation is always before you are ready even just do like a screen recording when you're going through something like how you set up your own things Because if you have that as a video, when you want to outsource, you can just say, oh, you can watch this and you can see how I do it because you're recording it at the same time. So working online... There's lots of ways we can save time. But as you say, you've got to think about it in advance to be able to manage to do
0: that. And that's a really interesting point that I'd love to touch on, actually. So as introverts, when it does come to the fact that we potentially, let's go with the potential and just speak as a sweeping generalization, listeners. This doesn't mean that it's whole true for everyone. But if we develop our businesses, we hit the point where we want to outsource, we want to bring on team members as an introvert, where we do know that our energy ebbs and flows, how do we manage those relationships because our team members may not have the same energetic drivers as we do?
1: Great point. And it's one of those things that I think this is where it becomes, you've got to make sure you've got the right team members. And that isn't easy. It could mean that you test several people at once. And get a feeling because once you have your systems in place the ideal is is actually when you're outsourcing you don't have too many touch points with that person so you want to find people you can really trust so if you're not in that space and you know that you just go off but you need to time block as well the meeting like at the start of the week of what your expectations are but also let them know what your natural ebb and flows are. So if you say, you know, don't ever contact me on a Wednesday morning because I'm always busy doing this. If they have those boundaries, and this is where this sort of permission and boundaries comes in again, but it's very much, I think it's about finding the right personality for you. And you might find that that could be someone who's extroverted because they might bounce off and fill in those energy holes for you. So don't necessarily look for someone who's similar. I tend to find when I'm outsourcing, quite often it's nice to have you know, the yin to your yang. It's like the opposite side, so they can fill those holes and then it will work better. But unfortunately, there isn't any magic trick to it. You do just need to have lots of conversations with people see who you feel you more naturally click with and how that works I, I really can't say there's this one way and that's the solution because I've tried I've been lucky sometimes and it's just worked other times you sort of work together for a short period and then you need to part ways because it's just not working
0: Absolutely. I think it's also um, it's that time, not time management, but time allocation as well. So having meetings when maybe on a regular basis. So fit those meetings with your team as much as possible within those days where you're expecting to expel that amount of energy. And the other thing that I've started doing, which was really helpful, which was actually inspired by Calendly, the, um, the meeting scheduling tool. Because in that, there's a setting where you can have how much it blanks your calendar out for after a meeting. And most people would use this, say, okay, so I'm going to blank out 10 minutes after that meeting into my calendar so that I can write up the notes from the meeting. But actually, what I found quite helpful is blanking out like half an hour or so so that I have that time literally to just do whatever I need to do to process the conversation, to manage how I'm feeling and decide what I want to do next and have that time to kind of recharge a little bit so not just making sure that you're accountable to your meetings but be accountable to the time that you need afterwards and have that built in as part of your time blocking if you choose to do time blocking
1: yeah I do exactly the same and I also go one step further with it which also I use Calendly as well is within the tool You can say this type of meeting, I don't want more than X number in a day. So once you've had, so if it's like a networking connection, I'll say I don't want more than two of these in a day. So once two have been booked on one day, that's it. And it gets cleared out because what I also do is you can have multiple events and calendars. So I'll have special slots for clients who are working privately with me then you'll have, is say, the networking times. And I'll pick whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing in the day because I know those times work better for the, you know, right, I can just grab a cup of tea and sit down, relax, and have a chat if you know it's an initial connection call, whereas when it's client calls. And again, this is something which sort of goes back to what we were speaking about earlier in terms of knowing where your ebb and flow is in the day is make sure that you are reserving your sort of golden hours for creating what you need to in your business. So if you are a like a product developer and you need to actually create things, if you write blogs, if you do graphic design, find the time when you're best at doing that and ring fence them. Make it absolutely golden like no one's going to come into that space. For me, if it's serving my clients, I want to make sure ideally I'm doing them within certain hours because I want to be 100% on for my clients at those times. But when you know there's lesser tasks, you can then move that to a side. And all these scheduling tools can really help us with that because it makes you think about it and you go, right, that's when it happens. And once you've set it up, you can forget about it and then things just roll into your calendar which also saves you all that back and forth time gosh I used to hate that people go are you available Tuesday at two or Thursday at three I'm like no here's my calendar book in (laughs) do
0: you know what I've gone so I had everything like that perfectly scheduled and this is a lesson as well because it As we change and develop, new things come in and they can throw out our systems. So when I launched my second business, I then had two calendars to manage. And trying to find a way of managing two calendars was double the (laughs) level of exhausting than I was expecting. And I did have a couple of weeks where... I had overlaps, I had miscommunication between my two calendars just because I hadn't quite got down with the tools and how it worked. And it didn't really impact anyone else, but I found it a massive drain for me. So I would allocate time twice for the work that I was d- d- due to do, if that makes sense. So I'd allocated the same time for two different clients one for the podcasting business and one for the design business right because you had it as two calendars
1: rather than having the scheduling tool looking at the two calendars and saying you're busy yes
0: exactly that so it was a learning curve there and I'm still finding a way of making this new system work but it what it has done is pointed out the benefits that it really does bring when I have it up and running and I'm also the type of person who will try a system it will work beautifully for that period of time and then it will suddenly one day just no longer work and I have to find a whole new system so understanding not just the ebb and flow in how we're feeling and the energy levels and everything else but also the kind of person that you are like if the system so suddenly no longer works for you do you have an alternative that's there not necessarily in place but Are you able to identify an alternative so that it can continue supporting you? Because, and I'd love to know if this is true from the clients that you work with, once that battery starts to drain, if that battery drains out all the way and I still haven't found a solution, I find it twice as hard to try and get that energy back up to look at the problem again. And instead you just kind of stumble along (laughs) making do until you get another spark of something.
1: Oh, Absolutely. Yes, it is a story that I hear often in that sense, because it's acknowledging that all businesses change as well. No business stands still. And this is where people go, Oh well, I've done my website. I'm like, well, have you looked at it in the last six months? Because we are all naturally evolving and changing. And therefore, naturally, the tools we want to use And they're changing the whole time as well. They're all built by developers who are constantly tweaking, updating, and changing. So it is important to kind of keep abreast of it. But you're right, if you get so drained, you basically just have to stop... Step away. And that's where I actually, in one of my phrases is to honour the pause, really like stop, give yourself a complete break. And then and also step away from the tech in the sense of if you need to for a while and if it's not working, go back to the paper diary. If you're feeling like that, go back to just pen on paper and brain dump and think, what do I actually need Because these days, once you put out your wish list of saying, actually, I want a tool that does X, Y, and Z, then you can put a call out to, I mean, all of us are on social media in one sense or form, particularly if you're running a business. So you're going to know people who are probably using multiple things. So my best piece of advice at that point is be really specific in your brief. Don't just say, hey, what, I don't know, email tool do you use? Far too broad. You want to say you know i'm looking to change because of x y and z and what i really want to be able to do is a b and c and when you put out a call like that you will find somebody within your network will happily come forward cuz one of the things i love about humans is we all love to be helpful and share our knowledge So if you're putting out a genuine request, I can pretty much guarantee in your network, there will be someone who can suggest something, a tool that is maybe they've used or they've just seen it's come on the horizon. In the entrepreneurial space, there's all sorts of things always popping up. And I know I particularly work in terms of helping people with online course creation. And there are so many different online course platforms and they've all got their advantages and disadvantages. There isn't one that beats the rest. Some are more expensive, some are less expensive. Some have all the bells and whistles, but you might never ever use those bells and whistles. So there's no point going in that direction. Some might sort of hold, hold you for life. And you, if you're someone, like you mentioned, Tammy, you like to move on and use different things... You don't want to be in something that is basically captured you and you feel locked into it. So that's really important to recognise. So like, yeah, there's lots of things that go on in our businesses that we need to juggle. And obviously this is, we've kind of gone a bit beyond the actual introversion. These are struggles that everyone has and how it works. But it's important to just always think about what works best for me, how do I like to work, and there will be a tool that suits you, with email tools, there's ones that are more visual, more intuitive, others are more logical, so think about how you like to work, and then go find the tool that reflects that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, as much as it does feel like it is a bit of a tangent, when you actually look at it Being an introvert means that we have our own set of preferences that are generalised by the term of being an introvert. So we all have our own unique individual preferences as individual human beings. But it does help sometimes to have these kind of broader strokes of labels like introvert and extrovert so that we can find tools. And if anything else, it's just a way of cataloging information that we may find helpful for these tendencies that we have. So I know that I can be or I can exhibit extroverted qualities. And I know that if I am having like, if I'm getting my energy constantly, if I'm absolutely in sync with the way that I like to work, both as an introvert and as everything else that makes up me as an individual, and I am able to generate my own energy continuously, then I can have a very extrovert feeling about the way that I'm approaching my day, my world and my work. So that doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm an extrovert. All it means is that I may find some, support for the things that are more targeted towards extrovert to bring into my repertoire as a energetically aligned introvert at that time so we're not saying that these labels are the be all and end all and that is all that you are and all that defines you but it does help having these labels in order to categorize the information and tendencies that maybe have helped for us including the ways that we choose to work and tools
1: yeah absolutely i agree with all of that because It's a way of shortcutting us to a solution that might be best for us. And I guess this is why at the end of the day, when I've said I want to work with more introverted entrepreneurs, because during my time working online, which, gosh, I started back in 2006 working online, I am not new to this space. And I've realized and watched and seen how different tools and things have grown. And also what you need to do at what stage. And this is why I've written my book, which is The Introvert Way Roadmap, because I've recognised there's certain tasks that you need to get solid on and build in the foundations in your business so you can if you get those solid, you can then grow and build your business sustainably. Whereas if you make a hop or a jump sort of further forward, so you're trying to run before you can walk, then what happens is you're more likely to get into this overwhelm and feel sort of burnt out and drained because you're kind of feeling that the ground underneath you is a bit shaky and it probably is. And one of the things I think the very nature of most of us who want to run our own business is we're super curious. We're normally multi-passionate. You have lots of ideas and you want everything to happen yesterday.
0: 100%.
1: (laughs) Patience. No business owner is good at patience. But the reality of the world is... Businesses take time to grow. There's a reason you hear statistics that something crazy like 70% of businesses started fail in the first three years. They don't necessarily fail. The business owner gives up, gets bored, wants to move on and do something else because they haven't given the time to really grow. And they're pretty much giving up just before you have that breakthrough because you never know when that next breakthrough is going to happen and take you to the next level it could be your next conversation the next podcast you're on the next sort of book you write you never know and the point is is to have success in business you do need to be tenacious you've got to be consistent in what you're doing and be really passionate that what you're doing today you want to do in 10 years time as well because it's not no one has overnight success even though the big names who you might come across on in the online world today like there's Mary Folio who runs the B school and she took 10 years working really 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 hard and she's an introvert by the way as well and it took her 10 years until it kicked off and a lot of investment as well. She spent hundreds of thousands of dollars like attending high level masterminds to get in with the right crowd who then sort of amplified her message more for her. And it's this understanding that even when you're working online, you still need to invest in both time and money. And that business hasn't changed it might not be bricks and mortar in terms of a shop front but you still need to invest in technology or support or have a team there's different ways you can do it but patience at the end of the day is actually required but long as you're taking action don't just sit back and go well if I sit back and just wait people don't come to you and that's why I love the fact where you say, yeah, I know I've got to go out and you might see that as being more extroverted. But I too, I love having conversations and getting out, but it's pick and choosing when to have it and make sure you're focused. So the conversations you have are actually adding to your business. They're adding to your world or adding to your growth because business at the end of day,
0: is a huge personal growth journey as well. Oh, 100%. And a lot of self-awareness, I think, comes from it too. I've never been more aware of the way that I enjoy both spending my time my the ways that i definitely don't enjoy spending my time my levels of patience is a whole new thing i always knew that i was a fairly impatient person but in business oh my goodness and it's it's like you said it's finding the tools and the methods and the things that work for you so for me like literally honestly yesterday i was like right i'm going to do my financial projections and goals for the rest of this year so that I know what I'm aiming for. I know where that money's going to be going. I um, I started doing Profit First earlier this year, which has been absolutely incredible for my financial management from being terrible to being actually in control. I was like, cool, I'm going to do Q4. I then ended up doing not only my whole projections for what I wanted to earn, the whole of next year but then also the whole of the four quarters in 2023 so I was sat there and I was writing it all out and then at the end of it I had that moment where I was like I was perfectly happy working out what I wanted to achieve by the end of this year and how I would go about doing it and then like half an hour later because I had already dictated what I wanted to do in, at the end of 2023 I was like well why aren't I there now like literally I've just planned out two over two years worth of what I wanted to achieve how I was going to go about doing it what core actions I may be taking to help increase the income in the way that I wanted to and my immediate reaction at the end of all of that was well why aren't I there now it's like I've literally compressed that two-year journey and process into a feeling of not having that now impatience guys
1: (laughs) yeah impatience but I mean it's amazing that you did that and sort of went through. And I love the fact that you didn't just write down the goals in numbers, you brought it back to core actions. Yeah, because we'd never reach our goals unless we're taking actions. And it's recognizing what are the actions you're doing in your business. And it's one of those things that you see a lot of people get sort of busy in their business sort of doing stuff that they think they need to do and I heard a lovely term for this the other day calling them noble obstacles these are all the things that you going yeah I should be doing this I need to get that started I can't do this because I need to get this done first before I can offer my service before I can ask for the sale yeah and at the end of the day. You actually need to ask every single day in business for the business because people don't very rarely just pop up on your doorstep and go, yes, here you are. Here's some money. That's what I need. You need to be proactive. And the biggest area I find introverts struggle with in business is actually putting themselves out there and asking for the sale. That is where they struggle. They're amazing creators. They've got an immense amount of knowledge inside of them. But it's how do you actually ask for the sale? How do you share your knowledge? And this is where the main focus I now work on is helping introverts framework their knowledge in a way that they're now talking about their knowledge rather than themselves because they feel very self-conscious like I don't want to say hey I'm amazing come work with me because that feels icky and salesy but if you say I've got this amazing program and in this we go through these steps so at the end of the day you get this transformation they've got so much more confidence they know where they're going and they're now talking about a thing they've turned because i work with mainly service-based introverts because if you have a product it's way easier to sell because you just say hey this makeup's amazing you know you just do this blah 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 but if it's knowledge it's a lot harder it's more intangible and you're working a lot more with emotions and feelings but there's still ways you can turn that amazing transformation that you give if you're a coach or a consultant to your audience by packaging up your expertise in a way you're more comfortable talking about it, which makes people more comfortable buying it because they actually understand the journey you take them on. Whereas if you just say, oh yeah, we can just like, a lot of coaches will start with, you can have my six session package. What happens in the six sessions? They don't share that. It's completely like intangible. It's like, well, yeah, we'll talk for you know, six hours, like, no, tell me the journey, what should I be expecting? What are the milestones along the way that will help me understand? And the thing is, once you package up your expertise in this way, then you can talk about each of those milestones. And I just see introverts really flourish with confidence once they have these frameworks in place in their business. So it's moving the onus off them, and onto what they do what they provide and then that makes the showing up again in social media they go oh but i don't like being on video i don't want to do this it's like i want to hide away but the old saying of you know with kids it'd be seen and not heard if you're not seen and you're not heard online you don't mm. have a business so if you want to operate you need to show up you need to be visible. And you kind of have to get over yourself on that one. It's a bit of harshness here at this point. But if you're not showing up, you're not being visible, you're not sharing your knowledge. How can you make that impact that you've got that passion for, the desire to help and serve other people? Because selling is serving at the end of the day as well.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And when I do um, like visibility strategy with my clients, it's also important to understand that you are showing up for your business. And if you can show up for your business in one way, every single day, you're going to be making progress. However, I will also say that showing up for your business doesn't mean that you're showing up with your face for your business, like showing up for your business could be reaching out to past clients and having a conversation. It could be email marketing. It could be attending a networking event. It doesn't have to be about going onto social media with bells and whistles and lives left, right, and center. It could be having a conversation on a podcast. It could be having a conversation with another entrepreneur. Like showing up for our business is taking action that is making our business being more visible, but being visible doesn't mean it has to be your face. And I think that that's something that a lot of introverts find very difficult is oh, but I don't want to have to go and dance on Instagram reels and lip sync to the latest trending topic and point all over the place. If that's that's your jam, absolutely do that. But I would say whatever you do, just take an action every day with in mind, does this help one more person see my business? Or does this remind one more person of my business? And I feel like that's a much more comfortable way of doing it. And as with all things that I'm sure you're aware of too, they compound. So showing up in one way means that you're more likely to show up in multiple ways that day. It's really interesting because I think social media and introversion have a a weird correlation between the two so is there anything else that you find comes up frequently for your clients when it comes to being an introvert and marketing through let's do marketing through social media first
1: I think the biggest one is they fear overwhelm in the sense that they go I've got to do so much because when you first come into it you hear you've got to post multiple times a day in multiple different ways and the problem is as well today is whichever social platform you pick, there's probably what I would call four or five neighborhoods within each of those platforms. So if we take Instagram that we've just mentioned, you could be on your main feed, you could be, well, it's now actually just moved, IGTV is now under videos or it's changing soon. And this is the problem, things change. And then you've got reels, you've got guides, you've got your stories, and you kind of feel you're meant to be everywhere and what I find as long as you're doing one of something just as you mentioned that is all you need it's about staying top of mind and really think about your content so when you are going, well I don't want to show my face all the time and one thing I always ask my clients to say at least one in every five posts show yourself Actually, because if you are your business, particularly if you're a coach or a consultant where people work with you, we gain so much trust through seeing, you know, the whites of people's eyes. It's like it's a natural human connection. You want to see someone's eyes and see, are they trustworthy? Will I trust them with my business, with my life, with my journey, whatever? And it's having this combination, but absolutely share testimonials, share things which other people are then talking about you and your hobbies or your pets or people want to know about more than also just your business. And I think because as introverts, we naturally go inside our head a lot and we think a lot. We're not quite sure which of those a million and one thoughts other five I should be bringing out this week. And you get into this sort of frozen state of fear, basically, of like, oh, but what are people going to think? And there's this fear of repercussions, but it's all built up inside the mind I've been working, I mean, I've been on LinkedIn since I think it was 2005, 2006. I've on Facebook way before groups existed, Instagram when it was launched. In my whole time online, no touch wood, I've never had any of those angry, awful, take that down comments. I've had yeah the, you know, offers of proposals of marriage from other men in the army. And those that being female, we all get these and you just block, delete That is the reason we have those buttons. And it's actually something I say, if you're worried about that, no, the power is with you because you've got that block button, the delete button, you can just push it aside. And actually at the end of the day, it's the people who support you, support your business, they're the ones who comment and they'll actually lift you up and encourage you to do more. So, you know, start by reaching out and have a few friends follow you. Before you gain a following. But yeah, it's like the marketing side, it is important to be visible, but you don't have to do multiple posts a day. It really isn't necessary. And different platforms, different times of the day, I also notice get more traction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like social media, along with any other marketing channel that you choose for your business, will have a huge number of nuances that can alter and affect the percentage increase of how successful that campaign or that post or whatever else it is that can it can be however as a business owner do you know all of those nuances like I work in marketing I have a background in marketing I don't not for every single platform like it's not always possible for you to have that kind of information however The important thing when it comes to marketing your business is more about, and this is the way that I try and explain it with my clients when they're feeling massively overwhelmed with all of the things that they need to do. I try to remind myself of is you are not showing up to get a client with that post. Like that one post that you've just shared is unlikely on its own in isolation to secure you a client, but your social media and your marketing and your digital presence as a whole when someone decides that they are ready to work with you will, as a culmination, help make that decision. So we're not showing up with the intention of getting a client there. And then what we're doing is we're showing up regularly and in a way that showcases who we are, what we do and why we are the right choice to reaffirm why we're the right choice when that client is ready to buy. So it's not, it's preemptive work. We are showing up three times a week regularly and consistently so that in six months time when someone goes, oh, actually, I heard about you a while ago for a friend of a friend of a friend for a LinkedIn for a networking event. I love the content you've been sharing for the last six months that they have spent 30 seconds scrolling through. And it shows that you're showing up consistently and regularly. So I know that my money and myself, I'm going to be safe with you. Here's my money.
1: Yeah, and to add to that, I would say... My best clients are social media lurkers. They will read and watch and see everything I've got. They never click like, they never engage, but then they'll suddenly one day book a call and go, Oh, yeah, I've been following you for the last year. Have you? I've never seen your name. And, like, you know, so don't think just because people aren't engaging that you're not being seen. I think that's a really important point because. I feel a lot of people go, yeah, but if nobody sees it, no one's seeing it, they don't know. But I love your point there that when someone's ready, they do look back in the back catalogue. They will check out. They will look for your testimonials, your reviews on places like LinkedIn or your Facebook page or on Google. And they will want to know what other people are doing. So it's really important that as you are working with people to gather those testimonials and share them. (laughs) as well don't keep them to yourself as introverts we're very good at keeping a lot to ourselves I don't think even my husband probably knows my full brain business plan mission that I've got out there because one I'm always like but it's always changing and this is where I admit that maybe there's this inner fear maybe if you're listening to this you have this too that if you say it out loud either will it happen or will you be held accountable and you can't change the direction of your ship because actually as a business owner the one thing that is guaranteed in life
0: is change. I look back at my journey over literally the last year because I would imagine if you listen to the podcast episodes that I recorded in October last year I was going through a big change in my business where I was um, focusing much more on brand strategy and consultancy as opposed to more of the design base that I'd had before. Whereas now, one year forward, I've got a second business that is completely podcast related, that is already in the throes of um, adapting and developing in a way that I wasn't expecting. My branding business is now making a bit of a change, so I'm focusing more on brand visibility as opposed to brand strategy. And a lot of that I've tried something, it didn't work the way that I expected it to, both for external and internal reasons, but it doesn't matter. Like, literally, who does it impact other than you? Exactly. And you can only
1: course correct if you're moving.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. So you can sit there and stress and worry and sit and really sit in all of that feeling of, I don't know what to do. I feel paralyzed without knowing how to move forward. The way that you move forward is if you want to start changing the way that your business is perceived, or even if you want to start a whole new business, start talking about it. And then from there, you will gradually, step by step, Every sentence that you utter about the new direction or change or new business, whatever it is that you want to do, I got my first client to my podcast agency before I had anything set up for my business because I just told people that it was what I was doing because I knew that I could and I knew that I could do it and I know what I'm talking about and I knew how to get the services up and running and I knew that I could support those clients But before I had a website, I still don't have a website, before I had an email list, before I had social media, anything at all, before I had anything other than my own internal planning, I'd already secure clients. delivered and it's been wonderful and i don't think i would have taken that step if i had let fear hold me back the way that it it often does so yeah it may feel big and scary and hairy but do it just start having those conversations because it is literally only going to make your life better and it's not going to make anyone's life worse so (laughs) i think it's introverts do you think actually i'm going to ask this question rather than than an opinion from my side Do you think that there are different confidence levels associated with introversion and extroversion? Or is that just a perception that we have that goes along with those stereotypes?
1: I think that's a stereotype that is actually incorrect because I know lots of powerful, confident introverts and introverts make quite often the best speakers on stage. You very famous introverts take various presidents of the USA like Barack Obama introverted because they know they know what they're talking about because quite often one of the sort of superpowers of being introverted because we go inward we go deep into research so then we get very confident about the knowledge we know so if you ask us about the right thing our confidence is supreme in our area of expertise if you just put us in I don't know, small talk land where people are just going to oh, talk about this or the other. You might be going, why am I doing this? Why am I engaging? And you might not look confident because it's not your happy place. You'd much prefer. And again, pulling us in a full circle now back to the start of our conversation, talking about networking as an introvert networking, I would much prefer to have two or three deep, longer conversations at an event then work the room and meet everyone there and have the same sort of what would I call it it's sort of you know high level surface level conversation oh, what do you do I do this and blah and you don't remember any of it at the end I prefer to walk away and go I had a great conversation with Jane and she told me about this and we really connected and I understood and I know you know like her favorite coffee houses is here because that gives you the relationships That ultimately, one, build your confidence and two, build your business. Because at the end of the day, business is about person-to-person relationships. It's not B2C, B2B. In wherever you are, it's P2P. You're dealing with people. And in fact, going back to my childhood, I remember my father turning around. This was back in the 80s. And it was a big thing about getting women more confident And he turned around to me and went, is there an anti-confidence course we can put you on? (laughs) Because I've always been supremely confident in knowing I know what I know, because naturally, and there are introverted people, obviously, who aren't confident. There's extroverted people who aren't confident, but I've never been someone who has really role models or is swayed by peers so at that time you know everyone would start smoking and I'd be like no I'm never smoking that's not for me I don't want to have that my father had a cancer scare when I was four years old he stopped smoking at that point it stuck with me and I was always like no I'm going to take my pathway and I'm going to go on it so I've always come across as very confident it doesn't mean that internally I have those wobbles, we all have wobbles internally. But yeah, long answer to the question, I would say no, it's a different personality thing. And on the whole, I know a lot of very confident, strong introverts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is one of those misconceptions that comes from it is, if you feel shy, or if you lack confidence, and you're introverted. And yeah, I just wanted to really make that distinction, because I feel that again just very briefly touching on the conversation from earlier labels can be helpful when it's looking for support and when it's looking for um, guidance on things that may work for you but at the end of the day we are all (laughs) we are all individuals we are all separate we are all different and one thing that works for one introvert may not work for another so I guess when it comes to being an introvert in business it really is about understanding uh, right at the beginning when we were talking about energy levels it's understanding how your energy expenditure affects you and what you can do to preempt that to make sure that you can perform in the best way that you can yeah absolutely and if this is sort of bringing
1: curiosity to anyone who's listening. I would also like to point out that I mentioned the Myers-Briggs personality test and there's a free sort of version of the MBTI test at 16personalities.com and what you'll see is it's called 16 personalities because eight of those are extroverted personalities, eight are introverted. So even within the introvert space, There's eight different sort of subcategories because there's four different spectrums that you look at when you're doing personality profiling. And it's really important to understand sort of where you are in there because there's other spectrums as to whether you're a planner or you like to go with a flow. That makes a huge difference to you as a business owner. So I think this self-awareness of which... Under the umbrella of introversion, also understand are you a natural planner? Therefore, planning tools, you'll love if you're somebody who likes to go with a flow rather than doing time blocking, you're probably better with something like checklists that you know you all need to do them, but it's not at a set time because you want to go more with your intuitive urge on the day, and that will be down to that aspect of your personality type. So, yeah. Introverts not a big broad brush, but it will help you when it comes to business because we are needing to put ourselves out there so much in business because if you don't ask, you're not seen, you're not heard, you don't get any business. So it is important to understand what tools, techniques, the way you create your office offers, your courses, your memberships, whatever it is, you're doing it in a way that honors how you wish to be because my bet is if you're introverted and you've started your own business you're doing it because you want to set up a lifestyle that suits you as a person and this is why I focus on introvert entrepreneurs because also pre-pandemic a lot of online business owners were introverts because we naturally go I'm quite happy working from home I like being able to pick and choose when I go to a networking meeting or show up online dependent how people were working or see customers. Whereas extroverted people are more like, yay, open office building, love that, I get to see everyone, you know, I have all those water cooler moments. Most introverts I know do not like open plan offices, they were designed for extroverts and there's a lot of really interesting research now going on. And showing in terms of productivity that actually open plan office spaces do not produce efficient productive workers on a whole. But that's a
0: whole other conversation. We'll leave for another time. But
1: you know, <laughs> just think about it as a whole.
0: Yeah, I find it really interesting. I So I always when I was in the corporate world and we used to have to do the things like, um, was it insights with the different colored bricks and you had different colors that represented different parts of your personality and everyone had the comparisons between what they were doing.
1: I'm red, I'm green, I'm blue. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) And it was really interesting because I was very skeptical and then I found it incredibly helpful when I got it back because it gives you back like this massive report. You, so I'm not going to go into too much details, listeners, but effectively, it's like a personality test, isn't it? Like Myers Briggs, like um, human design, like Enneagrams, everything like that, and like introversion and extroversion. But what I have found is all of the little snippets that I have found that I really related to in each of these individual tests, because I've done like the Myers Briggs, I know what my Myers Briggs personality type is, and everything like that. It's really helped me to form systems and ways of approaching my business, my energy, and myself. Um, and my own personal development through the realizations and connections that I've had with these various personality tests so actually what I'm thinking is maybe I'll do a little series on the podcast of exploring each of these different personality sections because I know someone who specializes in insights I know someone on human design I know I think I know someone for Myers-Briggs and someone for Enneagram, and I think it might be interesting to talk about what they are and why they're helpful, because as someone who was a skeptic and then converted, it really is interesting how we need to understand ourselves in order to really thrive within our business and not be ashamed of however it is that we feel that we need to spend our time or recovery (laughs) from conversations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, there's so many, you know, shiny tools out there that say they can help you, but you've got to recognise, is it actually something I would use? And you've got to be quite honest with yourself. You might go, yeah, someone's like, oh, it's amazing. That works for me. And then you go, well, well, I've tried it and it doesn't work for me. And an example for that is like Trello. I don't know if you've come across Trello. It's like a board design. And I know people who love it use it every day. Got an account, go in once a year. It doesn't work for me. Actually, I've got post-it notes and I use like flashcards. I'm like looking over my desk here. I'm still a pen on paper that if I need to get something done... That works for me better than hidden digitally because I never end up opening it. I get busy and it's about understanding. Yeah, Trello is amazing for some of my clients. They adore it, but it's not me. And that's fine. Just, yeah, be aware and self-aware.
0: So I think what we've come down to at the end of it is whilst you can have the label of an introvert and whilst we have talked a lot around kind of the common challenges and benefits that we can find for being an introvert within business at the end of the day you still need to be mindful of your individual your individual needs and preferences within that kind of overarching definition of being an introvert awesome I think that what we'll do is we'll wrap it up there today um let's leave the listeners with one last piece of advice from you Susanna so from everything that we've talked about and from your experience of working with introverts in business what would be the one key piece of advice that you'd share with the listeners today I would say
1: create before you consume and with that little phrase what I mean is make sure you're creating whether it's connections content the business before you find yourself consuming more information as introverts we are great readers we watch things we listen to things and we get pulled down those rabbit holes so make sure in your day you start by getting those urgent important client getting activities most importantly done so create before you consume I'm not saying don't consume because I know it's what you'll do anyway because that's your natural habitat (laughs) but create first nice
0: okay cool that is brilliant that's a really good piece of advice um I think that that's the perfect way to wrap up this episode thank you so so much for all of your information and all of the conversation today Um, Where can the listeners find more of you online, Susanna? My website, which is susannaray.com, and that's
1: S-U-S-A-N-N-A-R-E-A-Y. And in fact, across social media, I'm at Susanna Ray as well. So same spelling. I've been online for quite a long time, since 2005. So you will find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I have a Facebook community as well called the Introvert Entrepreneurs Powerhouse, which is free to join. So I'd encourage you to come across and join that. We have masterclasses that are run with guest speakers or with the introvert in mind to help you grow
0: your business. Perfect. Thank you so, so much, Susanna. All of the links will be in the show notes listeners where you can go and find all of those different areas to find Susanna, her Facebook group. I'll also put a link to your book in there as well for anyone who is interested. And listeners, be sure to come back here on Thursday when Susanna will be sharing her business journey so far in her brand story episode. And until then, I would love to know how you feel about this, whether you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert or somewhere in between or whether this is a whole new concept for you within the context of your life or business so come and join our conversations in our community over on instagram at the brand lounge podcast and as always all the links in the show notes and we will continue these conversations in the brand lounge